0: Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt podcast and your week in sports cars. It's not a, it's not a flappy gums. Just you and I, Graham Goodwin, running our mouths. This is a traditional formatted listener Q and A assembled, finally combed through and presented by our dear friend listener and question presenter asker submitter Daniel Summers Gill. All brought to us yeah. by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers. In TorontoMotorsports.com. We have a lot to get through and maybe not a crazy amount of time. So, knowing that we've held this recording for IMSA's full slate of WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, Michelin Pilot Challenge, and the Mm -hmm. 39 other championships (laughs) that it sanctions to be published today at Road America. We're waiting for this to get done so we can not only roll into your questions, some of them pertaining to this, but others as well so where shall we go my friend to kick off this episode
1: i think we, we we've got to kick off with the schedule haven't we the, the there are some big headlines in there um including an expansion to the predicted five endurance rounds half there is uh, almost half indeed.
0: of the calendar is now absolutely long right. races uh
1: absolutely right uh the uh, beyond that what else can we say about it uh, there is uh, a track that's been long part of this, this, uh, the schedule that's no longer there. There is perhaps an unusual choice for what Canadian race fans are going to see from the Williams WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and uh, another brand new track uh, for the uh, WeatherTech uh, grid, and that is the Detroit Street Circuit. Beyond that, I mean, and having had a quick mosey through. Um, not just the content that is out there from DSC and from Race and everybody else, but also the reaction from the fan base. Little doubts that uh, beyond some, some, uh, I think, happy smiling faces about one or two of the announcements we've just mentioned there, there are some questions, MP, about, it has to be said, uh, a number of clashes with the WC, with a couple of other big European 24-hour races. What say you on that front before I wade in?
0: I always love being the unpopular opinion guy. Uh, And this is actually not an opinion. It's just a fact. Uh, Yeah. So, hey, there are three conflicts with the WEC, formerly known as Weckety Weck. There are three WeatherTech Sports Car Championship conflicts with Weckety Weck WTF, Graham. Well, the answer is a pretty straightforward one. IMSA's not Weck. <laughs> IMSA does not compete in Weck. IMSA has some of its entrants who go over in June and happen to love themselves the 24 hours of Le Mans, as some of my country people pronounce it, unfortunately. And we have an entrant or two that are full time in IMSA that are also full time in Weckety Weck, But doesn't matter. What the WEC calendar happens to be other than IMSA traditionally and its predecessor at the American Le Mans series leaving space in June as not to trample the world's biggest and most important endurance race, that being Le Mans. But why are there three wet conflicts on the IMSA calendar? Because we're talking about the difference between a domestic championship and an international one. And of course, IMSA would not intentionally say, hey, to heck with WEC, hashtag to heck with WEC, um, we're just going to schedule conflicts because it's fun. They indeed have their own domestic series to run. And if by chance there are some conflicts, it has nothing to do with IMSA or their need to run their own series that is completely independent of WEC, ELMS, Asian Lamont series. SRO, wherever, it's a standalone series of its own. So for international fans, uh, heck, even some domestic fans who love IMSA and also love trying to attend some WEC races, no doubt there will be some words that are, are filled with exclamation points and ampersands and other things, but this happens every year. At least once or twice. We've seen for sure uh, WEC place itself in some locations on the calendar. I think most recent examples that come to mind, Graham, would be during COVID, where again, scheduling was a little bit haphazard based on need, not so much desire. But, you know, it wasn't so long ago where we are saying, boy, what, why did we go here on a weekend or time that is traditionally where IMSA's Petit Lama is held? okay, well, now I guess we're going to have to take some anticipated international teams and or drivers off that list because they need to go elsewhere. So it's frustrating. I get it. But it happens every year, and folks might not understand that, yes, on a global scale, WEC certainly the bigger dog. Of course, it's an international championship. That doesn't mean IMSA just kind of lowers itself um, you know, uh, nods its head, gets down on one knee, and asks the the good lords of the Weckity Weck to bless where they might want to run. It's a it's a fully sovereign series of its own, which fans see every year. And I don't know if it's ever going to make anyone happy. But as our pal Juan Montoya loves to say,
1: "It is what it, it is." It is what it is. Um, this which is we are in a uh, uh, let's use the golden era hashtag golden era. Uh that comes with some cost. And the cost that comes with is that any series that takes that coin is beholden somewhat to what it is that the factory teams want. And it's very clear from the calendar for the WEC and for, for that matter for the calendar for IMSA that there is a degree of influence involved here. We talk about Indianapolis and the uh, Roger Penske's role there. We can talk about the Detroit street race and obviously GM and um, for that matter, you know, a, 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 a their influence there. We can talk about Interlagos and Peugeot uh, pushing hard to be in South America for the WEC. That comes with cost because what it does is it ties you in to certain time frames and it, it doesn't take a genius to see that If what a lot of fans have been asking for is another endurance race on the IMSA calendar, that comes at some cost. In this case, uh, the cost is, you've got your your race at uh, Indianapolis now, but it does mean we're not going to go to Lime Rock. It does mean that there's been a slight reeling back of uh, the race in Canada, which will be headlined by LMP2 for the first time. Um, There's some other... Detail changes within that 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 show that there's clearly been a lot of shuffling of uh, priorities for this calendar MP. Um, The fact that the Rolex 24 hours is back as a point scoring round for LMP2, for instance. The fact that we've got GTD and not GTD Pro at, at Long Beach and we've got GTD Pro and not GTD at Detroit. So all sorts of fast moving pieces uh, been involved in pulling this together. Dig deeper and dig into some of the other races um, that are on the IMSA, IMSA uh, list of you know sanctioned series, including, for instance, you know, quite an interesting one um, on the the last of the calendars to be released this afternoon, which is a new uh, Ford Mustang Dark Art Challenge, and there's a an interesting, not confirmed event there in Charlotte. Is that going to see an imsa sanctioned uh, series on the card for an Ascar Cup race? Possibly. All sorts coming to the fore here. All sorts of things are the challenges, all sorts of things are the opportunities. I am absolutely certain there will be a fair degree of wailing and gnashing of teeth from those that would like to do all of it. I'd like to do all of it. I can't. You know, it's been the case for an awfully long time. It's one of the reasons why I've not been able to make a number of races that I would love to have done your side of the pond in recent years. Um, It is, I'm afraid, part of the, if you like, the ledger of responsibility that sanctioning bodies and race organisers have to those that are bringing this rapidly expanding uh, top class, and for that matter, GT uh, racing uh, to the international and, con- and in the case of so the continental uh, race tracks, and I think it's just going to be something we're going to have to get used to. You know, we, you know, for months and months, MP, we talked about the impact of a rapidly growing um, Formula One calendar. We're now at the stage with the Formula One calendar where it's so uh, massive that you might just as well forget it. You know, you're not going to be able to avoid it. You've just got to deal with it. It doesn't matter. Um, if you're going to have a race on that weekend. It's almost every other
0: weekend all year
1: That's the point. That's the point. And here's the thing. With international sports car racing, with the expansion of the the number of races we're seeing in every country, in just about every continent where we are racing, it's a near impossibility to avoid some of those clashes. Are there more than we possibly expected? Yeah, I think there are. It's a straight answer. Uh, It's going to be interesting to hear what IMSA President John Doonan will say beyond your perfectly expressed point, which is I'm afraid you've got to look after your own family first here. And if this is what the partners for IMSA are saying that they want and they need, and this is where the available uh, slots in the diary are, you're sort of pushed into um, that that time slot, aren't you, repeatedly. And once you've selected one, there's then a knock-on effect in terms of whether the logistics work for the next.
0: Like the you old know, Rodney Dangerfield joke, you got to look out for number one so you don't step in number two. But yes. yeah, I'll, uh, let me cover off a couple more schedule thing, IMSA schedule, weather sure. tech championship schedule things here, Graham, before we uh, motor on to the questions that came in. And one's just a, a little bit of a historical context thing. This ain't the first time. We have had clashes between old IMSA, Grand Am, American Le Mans Series, USRRC, or modern IMSA, and international sports car events. Realize that that doesn't matter, of course, for those who are mad and just really want uh, everything to be run clear and free of one another, but the connectedness that we have in today's world, which is such a blessing that is really where this has created an annual frustration wind the clock back 20 years whatever however many years where you weren't going on to youtube or just whatever championship site and finding a full streaming solution or an app on your phone where again you can be watching VLN, DTM, <laughs> Asian Lama series, uh, Australian supercars, IMSA and WEC all in the same weekend, you know, Creventic, whatever else we are connected now where yeah. for the most part, wherever you live, if you love sports car racing, you can be plugged into everything and miss nothing except... For when there are clashes. And if we're talking to travel as well, again, that's a bit obvious where you go, wait a minute, I got to pick and choose between one of seven different places. Just saying for those who are maybe not old enough to recall, these clashes were have always been a thing. The difference being is in 1996, when the calendars came out, no one got mad because there was no expectation for missing the whatever race and wherever, because it just was not viable to stay connected to more than whatever your local regional or favorite international championship uh, happened to be but anyways we live in an amazing time where indeed folks can stay connected to everything so when you have calendars that twist and convolute that capability uh totally understand why it makes some folks very frustrated let me just touch back quickly on this IMSA calendar for next year graham in the the top category we're losing one of the two G T only weekends you mentioned. Yep. The loss of Lime Rock is actually not related to Indianapolis. It's related to Detroit coming back onto the schedule after a one year hiatus. This year, not going to Detroit, centenary of Le Mans, That was the full yep. right, that was a full focus for everything and everybody, not on the schedule. But it's the return of Detroit that led IMSA to say We've told our teams, manufacturers, their stakeholders, as they call them, we're not going to grow the overall calendar to go beyond 11 events. So it is very unfortunate. I'm a longtime lover of Lime Rock Park, but there was going to need to be one that came off. I had heard, I can't tell you if this is accurate, but I'd heard it was between most sport aka canadian tire Motorsports park and lime rock i feared it was going to be most sport, uh but indeed was a little bit surprised that it was indeed lime rock so we now have just a single gt only event that being vir uh so that's that and also as you mentioned the other change uh that is a little bit strange to the eye thinking of whether you've seen them in person or have been fortunate to witness them live at Canadian Tire Motorsports Park, whether it's old school Can-Am cars 50-plus years ago or GTP back in the day or American Le Mans Series LMP1 more recently, um, DPIs and now GTPs, it will be a little bit strange to not have the top category prototypes whipping around this insane insane track. But maybe since it'll be LMP2 as the top category, Graham, we'll just call this the Acura ARX 05 DPI tribute class, since it'll be almost 100% Areca 07s, which were the basis for Acura's former top-level prototype. So maybe that's how we spin it. And there, might, there'll be at least one nissan onroke dpi tribute chassis there too with uh, a uh <laughs> so uh that that's how we'll spin it or maybe not but uh anything else jump out from the calendar brother or uh, shall we motor into questions here for the next little bit
1: i think we're going to get plenty of questions on that calendar for next week so i think we motor on um i will tell you i've been joined by the podcast husky and that may or may not be something to do with the fact that someone's just delivered someone truly has just delivered my dinner to me in the uh, the office here where i record mate it's 9
0: 15 uh, your time you're just eating dinner yeah yeah we took I the feel, dog for a walk i feel bad and when you say no, 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 the, no. the the podcast official husky um yes. i always just oh, receive that as a as a fat joke but uh, yeah. I can't argue, so I got to be no, less he's, husky.
1: He's, he's very, very interested in the contents of the tray that's just been laid on the desk. There no. you um let's let's kick it off with um, question. That's quite nice to get back to some questions, isn't it? And it there's is. some I say as well. By the way, there's some new names here as well, which I love to see. Brian Delworth uh, says um, no question. Oh right, okay. Want to say appreciate making sports cars. Thanks to you, I started to understand sports car racing. Enjoy watching races on Peacock. Don't understand things as well as my normal Indy car. You've helped uh, to make a fan of another form of racing, another form of racing. Good job. I just say this. Oh, I'm really glad you said. Thanks very much, first Brian. But there is an important point here, which is if you are listening to this, and I hope we can help to unlock some of the the craziness that is sports car racing. There are no dumb questions. Okay, please, if there's something that that you want to know. Just ask. Do tell us if you're a new addition to the growing fan base and promise you we'll be gentle with you. But please do ask. That is part of what this is about. Yes, it's to entertain everybody. Yes, it's to spread a little bit of um, news and gossip around the wacky world of sports car racing. But there's a, there's a, uh, a thing that was often said about the BBC, which, which gets a lot of ribbing now, but actually still quite light, which is the mission to explain. And I like that phrase. Mm. Uh, I like the phrase because I like what it means, which is I like to be asked questions. I particularly like to be asked questions that I know the answer to. So, Brian, you're more than welcome. Please stay with us, and please do ask questions as they occur to you. And if you're out there and thinking, "Yeah, I wish I'd asked this," please do keep an eye out on uh, the two social media we reach out to, on which are the uh, social media previously known as Twitter. Um, and Facebook on the Marshall Britt podcast page there. And normally it will be on my uh, Twitter uh, account, uh, at DSC Editor, uh, where we put the call for questions out and reach out, and we'll do what we can to uh, get that one uh, into the collecting pots. Road America is the first jed- uh, the first um, uh, subject that Daniel Selenskiller has picked out for us. Could I throw
0: in it? one item for Brian, though? Of Brian's been sending in some questions recently to uh, our Week in IndyCar listener Q&A show. And, yes, uh, I don't remember whether I heard this from a comedian or if someone said it to me after I posed a question, but I am in total agreement. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Only stupid people who ask questions. So I think that was probably said straight to me. Uh, based on a question I asked at one point in time. So that always comes to mind when someone says there's no such thing as a dumb question or a stupid question. I'm like, yeah, I was given a sage piece of advice, and I think it was in reference (laughs) to me being a total idiot uh, with a question I asked. So, look, folks suffer my questions all day, every day. So we don't suffer. suffer that.
1: We should suffer theirs. We look
0: forward to yours, so please send those through. But, yes, Mr. Summerskill. What does Uh, he he have for us?
1: Well, he's uh, a a few here on Road America. Um, Corey at GTP Enjoyer. How do you think the Monza experience will help Proton at Road America MP? Uh,
0: I think operationally they will be in a good place. Don't recall if they were able to test at the repaved circuit uh de la road america i don't think they did but i could be wrong i don't
1: don't think they did
0: um try and keep this a little bit short but we have a scenario where porsche has been the most active in this first season of the gtp slash lmdh formula to invite customers into their family um which is great sold cars. So we have more than just pure factory entries. And I know referencing uh, their run at Mons and Wack, but I'll just stick here, Graham to IMSA. So far we have had nothing but factory entries in this season's GTP calendar until Monterey uh, in May when our pals of the JDC Miller Motorsports team were able to roll out their yellow Porsche 963 and so we got through the first whatever it was three four races uh, of strict factory participation welcomed the very first customer gtp car with that yellow 963 and now uh, we're welcoming proton in on the IMSA side with their uh, WeatherTech liveried 963 the one thing that has stood out this isn't meant to be just criticism for the sake of criticism. It's just stating what I understand and have understood for a while to be true. We shouldn't view this as, hey, you bought a car from the factory and you're involved in the customer support program. The books are totally open to you for what the factory is doing with their cars. That is something that has been fairly common in in a variety of forms of racing that hasn't been the case as i understand it graham and so or daniel as well so from an operational standpoint great for proton to get out again we know them as a gt team but that doesn't matter right i mean (laughs) uh if you are a quality administrator of endurance racing events in gt cars you can do the same in prototypes and vice versa learning curves but the team quality is what makes the potential for high performance in any of the classes possible. So they will have gotten through some really good learning curve stuff and operational stuff. Rules are often different between prototypes and GTs throughout the world um, in how what you can do and when you can do it, etc. Would have been very good for them. But I would not say that running the car at Monza would place them in any advantageous scenario looking at how the first practice session went down today uh, of the 10 entries in the class they are right where you would expect them to be 10th and last uh 2.6 seconds off of the gtp leading cadillac that zero one driven by my french fry Sebastien bordet and good old Renger vander um seconds off on a track that there's certainly some handling sections, Graham, but a lot of it's big blasts down long straightaways. So that's a decent gap to overcome. Like, that's a really significant gap. But give them time. They will get better. If you look at the JDC team, now granted, they're Midwest based, Savage Minnesota, I believe, but Road America's a track they know extremely well. Um, They with more miles on their car, more understanding now whatever it is, 3 4 races. Uh they're positioned what? 5th, 6th, 7th, 7th in class, uh 1.5 seconds to Bordeaux. So these are the things that I look at. Where you go the Porsche factory team, Porsche Penske Motorsports is not saying come on by. Everything that is ours is yours, it's not the case from a setup standpoint but team with a couple of races under their belts here it's now one and a half seconds off the class leading car that being a cadillac and here's another little point of interest graham there are four four porsche 963s entered in this weekend's imsa race at road america that jdc miller motorsports was fastest of all four in this opening session all four yep. Porsches happen to be the slowest uh but the JDC Miller entry is ahead of both factory Porsches um and so just adding a little bit of caveatage here uh yes our friends at Proton slowest 2.6 seconds off of Bordet and Renger in P1 were they in relation to the next fastest Porsche that being Porsche Pensky Motorsports they're only a little over 3 tenths off, right? Uh factory Porsches are 1.8 and 2.1 seconds off of Cadillac. So again, it's right where they should be and they're having to do it without a lot of factory help on how to do it. But I look less at where they are overall to P1 Graham and say where are you in relation to your tribe and They're 1.1 seconds off of JDC customer team, and they're not too far away from the factory team. So uh, I like me some Proton, Daniel, and I can't tell you if Monza did a darn thing for what they're showing today, but uh, they're clearly doing pretty darn well.
1: Yeah, I think the one thing I'd add is they had Pace, but problems at Monza. Um, for me, with a team joining mid-season with literally zero chance to have tested, I think problems are good. I think problems teach you something about the car. It uh, forces you into problem-solving uh, mode, which is exactly where they need to be. And the pace will come. No doubt, the pace will come. Good team. Uh, two very good drivers, with Jimmy Bruni and Harry Tingle, and Great for him to have Harry back in. The top class, uh, absolute star of the DPI era, uh, but uh, they will be coming. And uh, for but for the, the other point about Proton, there've been a couple of questions pointed my way around Proton, and their plans. Proton have committed with their backers to purchase a four nine six threes, and they are due to take delivery of the other two next year. The only thing that is in doubt is whether or not there is a full program for those other two cars but the intention expressed by the way directly to me by Chris Reid um, at Paul Rickard is that yes they still intend to double up uh, in both IMSA and in WEC for 2024. This is a team of some high ambition. Let's push on. Uh, the Dr. Dalto is another name I've not seen before. Um, new pavement at uh, Road America he says, I think it's a he, Uh, Fantastic paving job, but what are the racing expectations? No grip and less tyre wear, long stinting tyres, more carnage at T5, the kink? What say you, Marshall Pruitt? No, you answer this one. Not a clue. (laughs) Okay. Never been to Red America. (laughs) I I figured I'd throw it back at you. Um, I mean... (laughs)
0: we would expect the racing to be fantastic uh this is this is everything the gtp drivers have been dreaming of right uh any track that is highly worn and offers limited grip has been the bane of their existences thanks to the higher weight and the reduction in downforce they have faced um so on the top class I think we're going to see really good racing but as we know whether it's a lack of grip making the cars slide around or high tire degradation that causes them to slide around uh that's where we tend to get the real fun uh where whatever number of cars fall off over a stint um I don't expect the racing to be any better in the gt classes because there's no real change there uh if anything we might suffer from a lack of degradation there because the track is now grippier would kind of expect things to not be much better any better on the gtp side as well that's why you often get uh how's this you often graham get some drivers who say oh my god i can barely hold on this is terrible repave this track immediately save me you often then get some of the veteran drivers who've been around been through stuff like this many times who chime in and say please don't i realize it's terrible i'm not saying road america was ever terrible i'm just i'm generalizing here but laguna seca comes to mind as a perfect example i mean it may as well have been like running a swimming pool, like the track surface is so worn and there's sand surrounding the track and it's windy and it gets blown onto the track, like just brutal, no grip at all. And so, yeah, for those who want to be bathed in, in security and comfort, that track was a pain in the backside, but for some of the veterans, they're the ones tending to say, please don't pave it. You're going to take away that character. And I've been doing this long enough and I've been to enough tracks like this where eh, it's going to be terrible. (laughs) Car's going to feel like it's trying to spin and kill me at all times. But, hey, if I do a better job of saving my tires, then maybe I can attack the person in front who's not as good as that. Don't repave because then you equalize things too much and... The opportunity for mistakes whether it's the the driver you're chasing wears out the tires from pushing them too hard or the setups off and the things scrubbing and grinding and terrible or they lock up the brakes uh too many times and and flat spot the tire like just lock up in general hey don't do things that would take away all of these great misfortune opportunities for us to capitalize on and uh, go forward and that's where something like this repave at road america and now laguna seca as well comes to mind where you go hey speeds are way up indy cars are like three or four seconds faster when they were there i haven't looked at what last year's poll and dpi was but we can expect gtp is going to be way faster every every class should be way faster but again it's just a case of like okay got it we've taken away though a lot of those opportunities for misfortune that can lead to uh, some pretty crazy passing opportunities so yeah, i don't uh, expect uh, it to be better and if it is uh, mm-hmm. disregard everything i said and please send uh, things into next week next week's show saying well look we've always known you're a moron but thank you for just really confirming it
1: <laughs> i remember uh last time we were at interlagos, brazil for WBC and that was straight after the track had been repaved and the speeds were phenomenal um I think at that stage we were looking at GTE times that were at or better than GT1 times had been huh. three or four times uh, three or four years earlier in the latter days of the G- GT one cars with effectively unlimited error and unlimited power. Um but that was that was the difference that repaving that circuit made. Let's push on. Um let's have a look the schedule with well, some of these questions we've, we've effectively uh, answered david yeah. uh, david medlar 88 says the wc limiting gt3 cars to mostly teams with hypercars i see what you mean by that um that, that's that's not 100 percent inaccurate um will imsa also limit the amount of gt3 cars in 2024
0: it's possible I, the thing I keep hearing, and I have yet to connect with any one of the series to get formal or, or on background confirmation, but the thing I keep hearing from teams and potential entrants slash those who might want to grow uh, their stable and add more cars, can, whether it's teams coming in, just overall... The thing I keep hearing is I think Imps is going to have an insane problem next year of the best kind, and that is, oh, boy, we got a lot of people who want to play. Um, are we going to have to throttle back on some of the requests? Um, I think that could apply if what I have heard, and probably you and some others have heard, on the GT front uh, is a reality, becomes a reality. We know Ford's back, right? We know they're gonna have a factory effort. We know they're gonna have representation uh, in the non-factory GTD class. Mm -hmm. Corvette's back at at two full-time entries, which is great, Uh, instead of the one they've had. So we'll have two in GTD. For for GTD
1: Pro. Yeah, for GTD
0: Pro. So they'll be back to two in the top factory GT class. We had confirmed again not maybe not a shock to you know close followers of uh, anticipated developments we had uh, those wacky canadians good old awa uh winners this year at the rolex 24 and lmp3 and they've had really good success in p3 in general um they will be uh focusing on a two-car effort in the gtd class so they will be uh, again looking after the uh the pro-am side of things um Fun little sidebar, Graham. Have you ever seen the video that I posted on my YouTube page, which I often forget about? It's um, a YouTube
1: or your OnlyFans page. Kinda
0: one and the same, except for okay. uh on YouTube. There's uh, no uh, sh- uh foot fetish videos posted. Okay. Fair enough. Um yep. posted it years ago, ten maybe ten plus years ago, I don't remember how long, but of my scion tc factory endurance racer being barrel rolled at uh thunder hill yep you know who the driver of that car was go on andrew voiteshko from canada aw andrew voiteshko owner of awa (laughs) so (laughs) i was looking at that i'm like hey know that guy again not as if i didn't know that but yeah just is fun like uh, I think I mentioned that when I filed the story to racer yesterday, like a little sidebar. Uh, it's always fun to see Andrew's name in print because uh, while he's known as to many as a mighty fine touring car driver, he competed in the speed world challenge touring car class and, and was quite good. Right. Uh, he, let's just say he had a bad moment and barrel rolled my beautifully, freshly painted. Like I was so proud of the thing and it lasted <laughs> half a day before it was pitched oh. barrel rolled. Three, four times i forget off into uh, the wilderness at thunder hill but anyways um we we won't want anything like that to befall those nope. beautiful corvettes nope. Uh, nope. c8 no not c8 uh corvette z06 dot dot nismo gt1 p yeah, um uh nothing bad will happen to them so happy for them but um i've completely forgotten what the question is uh but yeah overall I do think IMSA might have a little bit of a challenge, Graham, of, look, we love full-time entries, but we also do not have every single track that's capable of handling massive, massive uh, subscription, right? Pit lanes at some places can only hold so many cars. IMSA tailors their calendar, right? There are 11 races next year. There are four classes. We're not seeing all four classes running at, all 11 events. Again, we already no. went over that part, but this is something where I think IMSA will have are going have a tough time because unless it is a team where we all agree, all right, I'm glad you found somebody to buy a GT3 car for you, but you're terrible. Uh, <laughs> we don't really find those, right? We've had some in the past. Now, I don't know if we could legitimately say you do not belong here. And so... Then you start getting into the okay tenure and uh, where are you at? You know, are you a two year entrant or a tenure entrant? Well, we're probably not going to deny that extra entry from the ten year to favor the. You know, it's the stuff you hate and don't want to happen. But that's a little bit of the the possibility when a series like IMSA is legitimately. Thriving P2 is another one beyond the question mm-hmm. here about GT, Graham. I do think they're going to have to do some Sophie's Choice tough decisions on GT entrance full season and the Rolex 24 as well. I keep hearing yep. stupid numbers, uh, potential well, heard, entrant I've, there. But I've, P2 I've is heard, going to be a contributor too.
1: I've heard potential double figures full season and um uh, several percentage points higher than that for the Rolex 24. Um, the, it, it's it's a weird old time, isn't it? People are making all sorts of choices. They're able to make those choices. That's a good thing. The good thing from IMSS point of view is you can afford to make those choices, albeit difficult choices, on the basis of reasons with real depth to them. You know, What contribution are you going to make to this show? And for how long? No, we've not always been in that situation. Uh, back where you know, the days of the American Le Mans Series having to pad the entries with you know with uh, challenge classes, uh, you know that that gave us some good racing, but it didn't help in terms of the breakthrough uh, wider than a closely knit fan base. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be a long list of of teams uh, and uh, and cars turned away but I think you're absolutely right in the same way that we're getting the same issue with the FI world endurance championship. We're getting the same issue with the European Le Mans series coming into next year. Um, there are going to be some teams looking for what their plan B is going to be with their very shiny GT cars. Can I, actually,
0: can I pitch an idea to you? It wouldn't be the first time. And it's not involving only fans. So that's okay. Might be the first the, time then it might be the first um, time. That's, yeah. Yeah. Overflow Motorsports. You okay. and I form Overflow Motorsports. Hey, Michael Andretti, don't keep beating your head against the wall trying to get into F1. They don't want you, but you put together an F1 program. We got a series for you. Hey, yep. wanted to do full season IMSA or Rolex 24 didn't quite make the grade. Hey, you ever want to race against Michael Andretti and his Formula One cars? Yeah. Bring your uh, P2 car or your uh, GTD car. Let's go. Hey, WRC. Didn't quite let you. Hey, you want to race in Formula? Let's make a true Overflow Motorsports Championship. Wrong
1: what you brung.
0: I mean, look, if there's, you know, teams having to be turned away from offshore powerboat racing. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I like the idea of powerboats, planes, Formula One cars, GT, Monster trucks. Uh, there's got to be motorcycles. Let's get them all on track. And again, I don't know if these would be considered the top flight entrance in wherever they were, but we don't want you to be turned away. Overflow Motorsports, sanctioned by uh, the the Greater Miggins Motorsports uh, Empire, uh, headed by uh, Graham Goodwin and Marshall Pruitt.
1: There you go. And uh, just so we want to make it clear here for legal reasons. That was not Marsha Pruitt saying that uh, Michael Andretti runs anything other than a world-class operation. Yes. Because I could hear that black van pulling up outside your door <laughs> now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Oops.
0: Yeah, that wasn't me. That was our cat, Rocky. Know, Rocky, was, come was, on, man. What are you doing?
1: Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, where should we go next, Graham? Let's have a quick look, uh, running through a couple of bits. Alfa Romeo. Ethan Killian and Mark Elkins have both spotted that uh, Alfa have uh, not announced, but have effectively released through the Italian press, which is just as effective in Italy as putting out a press release, uh, that they will brand Ferrari F1 engines on the Haas next year. So I'm just taking all of the Alfa Romeo contacts out of my contact book and they are now (laughs) dead. They're now dead to me. There you go.
0: What can you tell us? I should have read that one to you because you had us on the trail of this last week a little bit. We were Um, uh, getting ready for uh, our Alfa Romeo uh, hypercar. and
1: no, It it looked like it was a straight choice between a WC hypercar program and F1. And the um, (sighs) – I guess where you're misled by the official statements from Alfa Romeo was um, and Imperato saying, we we won't commit to a program unless we know that we can win. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, so they're going with Haas and a rebranded Ferrari engine. Good luck with that. Um, We'll keep a a kind of weather eye on progress with that one, but it does seem as if we can scratch that um, organization. From my current list of five now four uh, factories that uh, are in some at some level committing to committed to evaluating examining the possibilities of hypercar and gtp so alpha bye bye
0: oh well we we we'd loved having you here, even though yes. you weren't uh, and the concept of you being here was so fantastic. Graham went out and got himself an alpha hypercar tramp stamp tattoo. Um, So he's now regretting that decision, but uh, wait till we get photos of it.
1: Uh, I'm not going to tell you where it is, but I can tell you that it was extremely painful. Is it right next Um, to your iHeart S365
0: tattoo? Or uh, was it, uh, or did it cover mm, that one up? I never know. uh, I never know with you, uh, all those tattoos.
1: Let's. Let's not go there, which is exactly <laughs> exactly what I say to people who suggest S three six five, uh, GT three, Daniel Summerskill. Never heard of. it. Let me read this
0: to you. Okay, oh, you've been you've been shouldering bloody, the load here. Good. Uh, good old Danielle at LMD Husky twenty twenty three. I wonder is he going to change that? Get a new one for twenty twenty four. Anyways, does Porsche announcing Manti as their team to run the Porsche LM GT three program? Go against the spiritgram of what this new class is meant to be," It says. "GTE Pro went away because manufacturers didn't want factory GT teams yet." Dot dot dot. Manti is a de facto factory Porsche team? Question mark. I mean, they're pretty strong, long-standing links. But how does this land with you when you saw when you saw Manti confirmed? Did you say hmm, or uh, could this fit the non-factory model?
1: Well, first things first, it was not ultimately a surprise. Uh, Things have moved pretty rapidly since Le Mans. Le Mans, we were being told, it looked like it was going to be two times one. This came in the wake, of of course, Proton confirming their link with Ford, the new Mustang. Um, That led to a bit of a flurry of interest from teams that are already in the ACO family, including at least one team that are currently in the IMSA family. Um, and the expectation at that stage was that the prime prospect was two times one team including at least one that's currently racing in uh, ACO rules racing that has not come to be uh, that was communicated to me some weeks ago um, as a prospect of significantly more recently as a near definite and then, Very much more recently, as an absolute definite, just a couple of days before the announcement came. Um, I think it's a huge shame for teams that have been loyal to the brand in this form of racing. I'm not sure what sort of message that sends to customers for one of the absolutely predominant brands in international endurance racing. That once this opportunity has come up with GT3, uh, that effectively it's taken in-house. Um, it's not quite a factory team. It is controlled, of course, by Porsche. Um, it is st- in more recent times with the exception of their efforts, uh, at the Nürburgring, um, a high level customer racing, uh, effort. efforts, uh, Montai were part of the, uh, the shortlist to run the WEC, uh, hypercar program and did not get that contract uh, lost out to uh to penske and i can tell you by the way didn't come second either um so those with a vested interest you would expect to be um upset uh, somewhat bewildered a uh, bit disillusioned by it i'm not hearing that any of them by the way are going to stop racing the whether or not they race on with a Porsche, I think is very much open to question now. Uh, but that's the good part of it. Will they manage to find their way into the WEC? That at this stage looks highly unlikely. Uh, so I'm. The sportsman in me is disappointed by the decision. Uh, the pragmatist in me understands why. And I think what this exposes MP is just how tough it is going to be for teams outside of hypercar and outside of the LMP2 class of the LMS to find a way to go to the 24 hours of le mans which a number of teams and drivers have done almost as of right because of their commitment for actually many a year it's it's not dramatically different by the way from the enigma that's been found uh, found its way through to another story that that we broke uh, a few weeks ago which is Lexus and the FIWEC and you know we we knew the team uh, that was linked in with this had not had had not been able to get any kind of comments out of the uh, team principal uh, after much trying uh, our friends at endurance info in France finally did take the covers off the fact that it was a CODIS ASP we confirmed that that is exactly the team that we'd heard uh, back as far, as long ago as late in June, that were likely to be uh, the nominee um, for a, effectively a bridging program with the current car, the RCF GT3. Um, but that is a team that has been firmly wedded for many years, MP, to a different brand, to Mercedes MG. Does that indicate that Mercedes MG are struggling uh, for? confirmation of a commitment from WEC, they will be able to nominate a customer team or two customer teams with one car apiece? Yes, it most certainly does. Uh, and what this would have been is Jerome Polycon, who runs uh, ASP, uh, basically putting his business first above and beyond the loyalties he's got to his current um, you know, supplier of fine racing machinery and deciding that this is going to be the program they're looking for forward. I am, of course, aware that another um, news organisation has run with that story and has got a comment from Jerome that he's is considering multiple uh, manufacturers. Of course, he is. He's not the only one, uh, but there's little doubt that his prime uh, program at this stage is trying to get that uh, that Lexus program over the wire. Worrying times for a lot of uh, GT3 uh, teams, uh, you know. What what are the eventual rules that are going to emerge? Because we haven't seen them, we haven't yet seen those rules. It's getting very late in the day for anything dramatic uh, to involve those teams. Anything other than obtaining the right cars, kit, and people, putting the right cars, kit, and people on a trucker in a container, and going racing very late in the day that needs to happen soon and the reason it isn't happening yet is because there's still a couple of plates spinning about what we will see in hypercar for next year and that door is being left wide open to draw as much interest as possible to the wec for 2024 um, before they commit to the number of cars they will invite for uh, gt3
0: there we go Let me uh grab a couple more Graham we're uh, not too far away from an hour so uh, okay why don't I uh, why don't I scroll through here as Rocky jumps up dude you're really being a pain in the ass I'll feed you when we're done here <coughs> we got a podcast okay your belly your belly's gonna be okay uh David Medlar 88 says huge Corvette racing fan. Hopes to see good old Mr. Verone compete again. Lamont winner, obviously. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on whether he might be back, uh, where he might drive next year, Corvette or well, elsewhere?
1: Well, Nick, of course, uh, has been involved with AWA. I have every reason to expect that uh, he's on their call list at some point. Hmm. The big question about uh, Nico Verone is... Uh, what's his driver ranking going to be for next year and after the performances he's, he put in I think he's shooing to be a gold. that does mean that the choices he would have were it to happen today are very different for next season uh, but I can tell you this much a number of people um, involved in making the choices that we're talking about here have not missed the quality of the young Argentinian and by the way he's a lovely kid he is such a nice guy uh, he's not just, as you quite rightly say there, David, a stud at the wheel of the car. He's absolutely lovely person to have around. Always big smiles. remember introducing him to Ollie Gavin in the pit lane uh, at Dubai uh, for the first time. And at that stage, it was known that he was going to be driving a Corvette. He was desperate to meet Ollie uh, for some reason, because Ollie is truly an atrocious human being. Oh. Uh, but Nick, Nick, yeah, absolutely charges. I mean,
0: doesn't just charge and, for autographs. You want to speak to not speak. If you say a word, just say, Hi, Ollie, he'll put out his hand. He expects at least £100.
1: Yeah. yeah it's an invoice. Invoice every time at the end of the. But, you know, the difference in character between Veroni. Um, uh, I like to think of him as the new Gavin, only better.
0: Unfortunately, there's an old Gavin we have to reference. I wish he was just, you know, the one and only nico the great uh you know maybe that's a campaign we need to lead let's wipe just truly one of one of sports car racing's worst despots all of us from all the right he's, he's
1: gonna kick my ass oh,
0: i mean you and i are both i'm gonna have to wear a mouth guard i'm gonna punch, he's, i'm gonna be missing teeth but i deserve it i deserve it um hey we love you like gavin uh once again that wasn't uh me or um me uh that wasn't uh marshall pruder or uh Graham Goodwin no. saying those things uh, for the sake of any lawyers.
1: It's, a, it's um, AI. AI. Yeah, Wait yeah, AI. there
0: we go. Hey, our pal Michael O'Keefe says, how many, Graham, if any, of the LMHs? Could we see race in IMSA next year? Does it seem like Ferrari's going to announce a decision either way? But, yeah, it hasn't happened. Alpine maybe seemed like a great yep. fit in IMSA, et cetera. What do you think? Are we going to have more than these uh, good old GTPs playing over here in 2020, folks?
1: Um, No intel to share. I know there is a drive to see whether or not there might be a place for a Ferrari at a race or two uh, next season. Do I think you're going to see the customer cars that were much vaunted and somewhat blown out of proportion elsewhere on the web? No, I don't think you're going to see that anytime soon. I think you're going to see those cars, if they happen at all, very firmly aligned to the factory slash af corsa uh, operation and if you are going to see car or cars in any of the MC blue ribbon events there are a couple of regulatory um barriers that have to be uh, dealt with first they are not the work of a moment this is still a very new car um and it might have to wait another year it just might have to wait another year as for alpine um interesting one isn't it uh all sorts of rumors circulating about what might be the potential for that car. What do I think? I'd be very surprised to see that car start the season in IMSA. I would be equally surprised not to see that car form part of the IMSA grid at some point over the next two seasons.
0: There we go. What else interests you as we maybe pick, I don't know, you know, our pal Stathis. Stathis, Coco, or Giannis? Has sent yes. in multiple questiones. As Rocky jumps up again, buddy, what do you what do you want me to do? You're gonna block the mic, okay? He's now almost got his butt on the mic. There we go. Excellent. Um, Stathis has fired in a number of questions. Which one of them should we uh, should we use here?
1: Well let's, well, let's have a quick look at. Uh, he says about apart from Porsche, what are we going to see the next customer? update Husky Racing in IMSA or WEC? Well, apart from Porsche. <laughs> we we've not yet heard what the absolute plans are from alpine we've heard slightly more slightly less fulsome plans from lamborghini than we expected uh, that could change i think that's going to be interesting to see just how that rollout goes i think we've got more of an expectation that cadillac likely for maybe 2025 principally That's going to be about their supply chain. It's going to be about their customer support uh, activities. It's going to be getting established with customer support facilities in Europe. And we've got stuff coming along through the pipe. Um, We can tell you about that in due course. I mean,
0: there's Uh, over here, there is a question and I don't like, I hate that it is a question and it remains unanswered. We have the factory two race winning, only one of those Coming with points, uh, Meyerschank Racing Acura GTP team, there yeah. are absolute questions as to whether they will remain a factory team, be it with their current manufacturer or another, right? We've heard them yeah. rumored a plenty. as if Alpine were to run an IMSA, who might they go with? We've heard uh, Meyerschank Racing mentioned. I've heard them mentioned more than any other yeah. potential, but we have not heard from the team or acura as to whether that relationship stressed massively unfortunately due to the uh, the cheating and the penalties that came at the rolex 24 are they meant to continue as a factory uh effort could they if that were to not happen could they field an acura as a privateer with their own sponsors again it's possible certainly wouldn't be inexpensive Uh, or might they join the ranks of true independents and buy a Porsche or, again, another brand, but basically just be running it as uh, who they were on occasion back in the day as just a a high-caliber privateer team uh, who delivered results, Graham, that were worthy Mm -hmm. of factory consideration, and now they've been. Obviously, reigning champions in uh, in IMSA's top prototype class on behalf of Accurate, But that's another one we have to think about. Are they going well, to be well, a factory? That, are they going to be an independent? And what brand?
1: Absolutely. And, you know, as he's actually said, aside from Porsche, let's just make clear what the current position is with Porsche and privateers. Four cars released for the current season. They are, as of Fuji, all going to be on track. That is a car apiece for Proton in WEC and in IMSA, a car for Hertz Team Jota in WEC, and JDC Miller's car in IMSA. As things stand at the moment, firm plans are a second car for Jota in the WEC, a second car for Proton in the WEC. That accounts for the two cars to be released for uh, WEC. A second car for Proton in IMSA for next season is the plan That then leaves a Porsche that we don't yet know which team that has been allocated to. We are aware that there are a number of teams looking to become that team, um, and some with more hope than others, but you're absolutely right. One of the pieces of this jigsaw that has not yet been finally kind of banged into place is what is going to happen at the end of this season with Shank Racing.
0: Where else should we go, brother? Why don't we take one or two more and uh, yes. then say farewell to the episode?
1: Uh, let's have a quick look. A couple of questions here. 155 at 155 underscore E. I'm hoping that's another alpha thing, but if it is, you're dead to me. Um asks he says uh, hi there hope you're having a wonderful day i am actually uh, really curious has there been any sort of movement concerning andretti's desire to bring the arx ARC- 6 to le mans i'd also love to know the how the project that likes to martin valkyrie hypercora 5 is going that's uh, added to by sean crockett it says not heard anything recently about the valkyrie is anything known if this is still an ongoing lmh project or has the trail gone cold let me answer that one first um, no, trainers train absolutely not gone cold. I am absolutely confident that this is a, an active program. Um, I've spoken to previous sources, new sources. Um, everything leads me to believe that uh, we are not at the stage yet where they're ready to announce. We're not at the stage yet where every contract is in place. We are at the stage where actual work is going on on aspects of this program. It is a program, okay? So Aston Martin of the, I think I mentioned it was five manufacturers, are one of two that I am confident we will ultimately see a program for. Uh, As for uh, Michael Andretti and the aspirations for uh, what would have to be a Honda-badged RX-06, for them on That would have to come with a WC programme. There is no sign at the moment that that is in the offing for 2024. I have to keep reminding myself what year it is. But I'd be personally surprised, MP, with the level of ambition that uh, exists under the auto sports if there wasn't an active consideration of how quickly this can be delivered. Clearly, for the moment, in sports car terms, their main priority is ramping up to a second car in IMSA in 2024. But beyond that, that ambition is at such a level, they won't want to be away from the month very much longer.
0: would say there's a sensitivity to acknowledge specifically on the Andretti side, not on the Taylor side, but on the Andretti side. We know about their ongoing and, and very frustrating efforts uh to get that formula 1 berth get on the grid there hope to have an answer in the future but uh, also they have a desire to branch out into nascar that's longstanding i think that actually well precedes the uh, f1 desires by quite some time but i know for a fact having spoken to the team that yes they do have grand ambitions across so many championships in the ones where they've yet to do it in this case go to Le Mans branch out and field a team in NASCAR and also be in Formula One there's a great sensitivity to we do not want to make things muddy fuzzy or unclear to the FIA about our Formula One desire so yes love to be a nascar said it for a while so that's nothing new but we are not you're not going to be reading stories from us week by week about nascar development here nascar ambition there similar i would think about going to le mans after obviously being the factory right the ones who are heavily funding things they have a big say if they want to go to Le Mans uh I don't think Andretti Wayne Taylor Racing with Andretti Autosports says no but at the same time I think we need to be cognizant of the fact that I don't believe we will see the Andretti side in particular pushing super hard to go to Le Mans right now ASAP prior to getting some sort of clarity and resolution on their F1 desires because the last thing that they want to do is give the other suitors trying to get on the F1 grid, right, of ammunition to say, well, look, they want to be everywhere. Does it really, you know, are they truly focused on this? Are they they just trying to carpet bomb every motor racing series in the world? So, just keep that in mind. If Acura says we're going next year, we'll see them on the grid. But if it's up to the team to make it happen, I think we might have to uh, wait for F1 resolution before we see any other major international or even domestic series expansion.
1: Uh, I think that's perfectly expressed, uh, beautifully so. In fact, um, what can what you what can you see that uh, takes your fancy here? It's so a quick one here, by the way, from Tom Bacon about Nick DeVries, seemingly a free agent after, frankly, his appalling treatment by uh, the dark forces at Formula One, how likely is it that Tota will try and sign him to replace Osorio uh, Lopez as was originally planned prior to his F1 ride? Uh not going to get into who he might replace, and you may or may not be right, and uh, you may be wrong, uh, but uh, I think it's highly likely that Tota, and frankly anybody else that's halfway sensible, is going to be interested in the mercurial uh, little guy uh, coming back to... Um, where I think he'd be a, a lot happier, which is uh, back in sports cars. So I hope we do get Nick DeVries back. I, I, I watched with de- depressing familiarity uh, his journey into, through, and out of Formula One.
0: Yeah, and Kevin Kemp asks as well, related to a couple things, uh, Meyer Shank related, uh, with Tom Blomquist slated to drive for MSR's IndyCar team, which I revealed that a lot. Any word on who his his replacement might be. And Nick did test for Shank in IndyCar. Uh, Nick is someone who is of interest to a couple of IndyCar teams. I know that because those teams have told me. Um, I don't know if Nick would be a candidate for teammate to Tom in IndyCar. Could be. But I would also say, depending on the various things he's offered and what he might find interesting, I could absolutely see if Shank... Remains in GTP with Acura, with whomever, but has a, a high-level thing to offer. I could also see Nick can. Well, Nick could be here if he wanted to be, but I could see him uh, backfilling Tom. Uh, I could see him partnering with Tom. So, anyways, yeah, I, I think uh, the Wee Dutchman um, probably have a lot of opportunities. Just he's at a place, Graham, where he needs to choose what he wants. Right? I know he wanted F1, but what do you want? That's died. It's not opening up again. I mean again in some crazy scenario, could he do a one off here or there? Sure, but that's over. What do you really want though? Is it to keep a paycheck going? Is it to maintain your profile as one of the world's best, you know, young drivers? Is it to just enjoy after a terrible partial season of F what is it that you really want? And I think once he determines that. All the things you've discussed, be it weckety Weck, Toyota, IMSA with whomever, IndyCar with whomever, Formula E, if he wants to go back there. I hope he doesn't, but I think the kid's going to have a lot of uh, a lot of great options. Why don't we go with one final question, and thanks to uh, uh, Matthew Sturtevant, Gustavo Bamba, and a bunch of other pals who've sent in stuff. Graham, I'll throw this one to you. Mm-hmm. Our pal, Stephen Gate, you're going to close this episode. Stephen says, the Toyota GR H2 HBN hydrogen, which was mm-hmm. revealed at Le Mans, had a much reduced cockpit width. He says, I know it's only a concept, but I'm guessing the narrower cockpit is more for hydrogen storage? Does this mean the regulations will change for narrow cockpits on hydrogen cars? Or Will this all get... This privilege. What do we think? So is it so uh, they can? I don't know. Uh, why is it narrower, Graham?
1: It's well. It's it's a very interesting question to which, at the moment, no one's giving very many answers about. Is that a concept? Because it's a concept. Looks great. Is it a concept? Because that's broadly speaking what the uh, the direction of the rule set is going. We we don't have that level of confidence in um, in the direction of that rule set yet, but that will have to come and come quite quickly Um, my guess would be that uh, it's a concept and it looks like that because it looks more attractive like that and they don't have to build a car to the regulations yet it's a bit like, you know, you see these um, fabulous beasts that are the so-called Gran Gran Turismo um, you know, concept cars, they're not being built to be anything other than something to grab attention to attract the lens to attract column inches and I suspect we're not going to see a dramatic change in the regulations to accommodate it in the way that you're implying Stephen it's a very interesting point Uh, in terms of hydrogen storage what have we seen previously well with the h24 car there's been plotting through its development process. Uh, one of the key partners to that is the manufacturer, I'm trying to remember uh, the name of it now, it's a French organisation, but basically woven carbon fibre tanks, and they do indeed uh, sit uh, in the side pods of the car. Um, you're going to need some significant storage capacity in those cars because the the challenges for uh, hydrogen-filled rather, uh, race cars are going to be about cooling, it's going to be about the weight, it's going to be about the range, and it's going to be about the performance. There is a lot on the to-do list if you're going to get to where Pierre, Pierre Fion wants these cars to be, which is truly able to contest for the overall win at the Le Mans 24 hours. Uh, the gap in technology at the moment is pretty darn wide
0: well the gap from the start of the show to the end of the show also decently wide graham goodwin ah. as you do so expertly with each episode please take us
1: home i will and we'll say thanks again to daniel somerskill for providing these uh, questions in uh, quick order thanks for everybody that did respond to what was a late call uh, this week we're going to get back we hope Onto a more even keel with our timetabling for the weekend sports cars. That's a thanks, lie. of course. Yeah, it's a lie. Yeah, um, we're going to get, uh, I hope, a bit more time to do some more thinking about these things. And uh, we will, of course, after thanking the uh, Justice Brothers, Cooper Tires, and Toronto Motorsport.com, I did those in an unconventional order. If that's offended anybody, I apologise. See him becoming all of all Canadian. Um, Sorry, thank you. MP. Sorry, sorry, sorry. That's oh, it's where two I live. O's sorry. In Canadian, that's,
0: sorry is two O's.
1: Sorry. That's, I, I, that's where I live. Sorry. Um, but thanks to you, MP. Uh, it's been a busy old time for you as well. Uh, I'm glad to be very much on the mend after uh, two or three more tough weeks in terms of having to press the, the mute button, this, this microphone, too much while I cough. Uh, that appears to be very much in the past. This has been the Week in Sports Cars. Uh, it is, of course, part of the Marshall Pruitt podcast. Uh, keep an eye, by the way, with some new and excellent co- uh, content from MP on his YouTube page. If you've not seen that, you're missing a couple of treats. Um, we will be back with you next week.